And we're still in our uh, Acts of Jesus Christ through his apostles Bible study. And we're looking in Acts chapter 5 tonight, uh, verses 26 through 33, Lord willing. I was going to finish out the chapter, but there was just way too much there. And I didn't want to rush it or halfway do it. So 26 through 33 of Acts chapter 5, I'll go ahead and read the text. And here the Bible says, Then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in his name, in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him has God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so it is also the Holy Ghost, whom God has given to them that obey him. When they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. Father, bless your word tonight. May we exalt you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I titled the message tonight from that last verse, Cut to the Heart. Cut to the Heart. Well, last week we looked at verses 17 through 26. I know I covered 26 again tonight, but I, I wanted it in there for context. And it was dealing with the religious leaders, of course, arresting the apostles. They were upset again. Uh, they had put them in prison, and the angel of the Lord came and sprung them out. And so they, they, they uh, got out of prison, and they went straight back into the temple and began preaching again. And, of course, this upset all these religious uh, leaders. And so they go and lay hands on them again. But this time, not as, as rough as they were the first time. The Bible said there they brought them without violence. And so they kindly asked them to come. And uh, uh, we also focused on that part of the, of the uh, text last time about those wonderful words of life. And we saw that was simply the, the teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ because the angel of the Lord told those apostles to go in there and preach that, the words of life. And so we saw the religious leaders again. They go in the temple, they take the men out, and they start questioning them about what they're doing. Now, tonight as we look at these verses, we're going to see what happens during the questioning uh, by the council and the results of it. And uh, we won't get to, to go all the way to the end of the chapter tonight, but look at that verse 26 again. Then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. Okay, so we talked about this last time, and how this time things have gotten so far out of hand for these guys, this council, the, the priests, the captains, and all those guys, things have gotten way over their heads. They know that this is of God. They've already admitted that. Uh, they're not going to admit it to the people, but they're in their own circle. They're going to admit to it, but they're not going to let everybody else know about that. But they're treading very carefully this time. They're afraid of the people. The people are going to rise up if they come and take these men by violence. They're going to rise up and there's going to be a, a riot and they're going to pick up stones and, and throw at these guys. And they know that. And so they're being very cautious this time. Look at verse 27 and 28. 
And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that ye should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Wow. So they bring all the apostles in this time. Now remember, last time it was only Peter and John, and they were the ones that they told them not to preach in the name of Jesus or this name, they said. They didn't want to say his name. Uh, and so they're the ones they told that, but now all the apostles are under arrest. They're all there. And so I guess they assumed that Peter and John would have told the other apostles, look, we're not supposed to preach in you know, the name of Jesus. They told us not to. They forbid it and all that. And so they're asking them here again, do you not remember, guys, what we told you? And they're expecting for these apostles to obey them. When Peter specifically stood up and said, we're not going to do anything but preach Jesus. We can't help but do it. And so they already knew, they'd already been warned that they're not going to stop preaching. And so I don't know why they're so confused about this. Uh, there in Acts 4, 15 through 21, we'll just kind of recap that. Uh, the last time that happened, it said, but when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves saying, what shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle has been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it. And so right there, they're admitting, this is a great miracle that's happened. We can't deny it. We can't say anything against it. Verse 17, but that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. They can't say that name of Jesus. They can't say it. They keep saying this name. They don't want to say it because they, they're guilty. Every time the name Jesus is spoken, they, they, it, it gets all over. They can't understand it. And there's people like that today. You say the name Jesus out somewhere and it, it starts offending people. Uh, now, people that love the Lord, we get excited when we hear the name Jesus. I do. When I hear somebody say the name Jesus out in public, if they're not saying it in the back way, uh, I get excited because I know there's a like-minded person here. Somebody else that loves the Lord. But uh, the lost and these men right here, they can't stand the name of Jesus. And the world can't stand the name of Jesus. Look at it, verse 18. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. There it is. We can't stand it. Don't do it. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. Now, I don't know about you, but it sounds to me like Peter and John had no intentions of stopping preaching about Jesus. And so and they, they told them that. Look guys, we're, we're going to keep doing it. And so they threatened them a little bit more, let them go and all that. Uh, look, when somebody tells me that they're not going to do something, I take their word for it. If you come to me and say, Brother Brian, I am not going to do this, I'm, then I've already striked it out of my book. Okay, you're not going to do it. I understand. These guys can't take can't take the hint. Peter and John's already told them, we, we're not going to do what you say. And so these religious leaders, they apparently thought that they had enough power and enough influence that uh, these threats would keep these men from preaching. They're not used to dealing with men like this. The world's not used to dealing with Christians 
that they don't know how to deal with us. Uh, when you start talking to them down on the level and start talking about the Lord, they don't know what to do about it. They can't. They, they, they don't know it. They don't have that discernment that we have about the Lord. And so they, they become confused. Uh, and, of course, the world today, the powerful leaders of the world that don't believe in the Lord, uh, they, they're like these guys. Um, they, they would rather threaten us and shut us up than to understand and accept the Lord. And so the problem is these guys have never dealt with men whose lives have been changed by the Lord Jesus. Now, look, when the Lord gets a hold of you and he changes your life, you become a different man. You become a, a new creature in Christ. And so that's, uh, that's hard for people like this. These threats that, they're, that may have worked on the average person of that day, they're not going to work on these Christians. But we see the real reason here they don't want them preaching. Look at it, the last part of verse 28, back in our text, verse 28. And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Okay, so first of all, they're calling this doctrine that's being preached their doctrine. Not our doctrine, but their doctrine. In other words, this is not the, the, these religious leaders' doctrine at all. These men are preaching about Jesus. They're preaching about the Messiah. They're preaching about the resurrection. They're preaching about the truth. And so the religious leaders here is upset because they're preaching a different doctrine than they are. They're preaching the laws of Moses and uh, you know, doing right and doing wrong and the law and all this. That's all they've got on their mind. And so when they hear the truth being preached, they call it a, a, a their doctrine. And so there's something wrong right there, they think. But look at what it said there. And intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Well, it's odd to me that they didn't care to bring his blood upon them when they were wanting him crucified. In fact, they were yelling it out. His blood be upon us and our children, they said. These same people. And so I find it odd that all of a sudden that they don't want to be the, the, the reason for the blood of Jesus being shed. But over in Matthew 27, verses 20 through 26, the Bible says this. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. These same people are the ones that convinced the people have Barabbas released and crucify this Jesus. The same people. Chief priests and elders. Verse 21 of Matthew 27. The governor answered and said to them, Whether the twain will ye that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate saith unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all say unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why, what evil has he done? But they cried out the more, saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. Then answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and on our children. Then released he Barabbas unto them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. So here it's odd that they were wanting his blood upon them back then when Jesus was crucified. But now they want to deny that fact. They don't want to be accused of it. Uh, they're dealing with the power of the resurrected Christ now. And they, they don't know how to handle that either. The multitudes are listening 
to the, to the doctrine the apostles are preaching and teaching. The doctrine of Jesus Christ. They're listening to it. They're believing it. They're accepting it. They're becoming Christians. And these religious guys don't like that. And so they're running scared. And so they don't want to be... It says, they, he, they said unto them, and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. And the odd thing is, Peter didn't mention that yet, but he's going to now. He's going to say something about it after that. Verse 29. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. So he pretty much tells them the same thing he did last time. We're not listening to you. Uh, we're more interested in doing what's right in God's eyes than we are man's eyes. Listen, we need more people like that today. We need more Christians today that's willing to stand up and say, Listen, what you're doing, what you're claiming, what you're it's it's evil in God's eyes. It's sinful. I don't believe in it. I'm not going to stand for it. I am not going to comfort you in it or, or give you encouragement in that sin because God says it's a sin. We need more people today with a backbone to stand up and be more influenced about what God thinks than man thinks. I thank God that He's given me churches that I've been able to pastor in where I can preach the truth of God's Word. I don't have to hem-haw around and, and tiptoe and step around. I've never done that. Anywhere I've preached or pastored, I've never tiptoed around the Scripture. If God says it's a sin, I'm going to tell you, point blank, it is a sin. But there's people today and there's churches today where they won't preach about certain things because they're afraid they're going to upset somebody. They're afraid that their bottom line is going to, going to get, get low. They're afraid that their offerings are going to run out or whatever it is. I'm not afraid of that. I don't care. If you want to run me out of a rail because of something God said, run me out because I'd rather be somewhere else preaching the truth. But there's people that I, I knew a, a pastor one time. He pastored a church that didn't believe in the eternal security of the believer. And he did. And I asked him, I said, how did you pastor a church that didn't believe that? He said, I just didn't ever preach about it. I said, what? How could you do that? Listen, I would never accept a call to pastor a church that didn't believe all the Bible. If you don't believe all the Bible, then, then listen, you, there's, there's a problem there. Uh, we need to have the liberty to stand and preach boldly what God's Word says. And some men won't do it. They're afraid of offending folks about their sins, so they hop, they skip, they jump, they leave things out. Joe Osteen says, we just don't, we just don't mention that. We don't do it. Uh, some preachers won't preach against drinking because they've got church members that social drink. Some preachers won't, won't preach on tithing because they some people that want to rob God. They don't, they don't want to give up their money. Because there's a sodomite in, in the church. Or some family member's got a sodomite for a son. And so they won't preach about it. They won't preach about marshmallows and fluffy bunnies and, and all that stuff. And look, if that offends you, I'm just telling you what God's Word says. And those things are sinful in God's Word. His Word has not changed. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. And so we're going to keep preaching the truth. And uh, listen, I'm going to say this. If preaching the truth from God's Word offends you, then you need to be offended. And I hope that I am the one to offend you if, if it causes you to examine your heart and get right with God about what God's Word says. All right, now, Peter really lets them have it. Most men would have been scared to death in front of that council. They would have not have opened their mouth. They would have never have said such a thing. 
but Peter just stands up and says, listen, we're going to obey God, not you. Look what he says in verse 30. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. See, they brought it up. You're, you're trying to put his blood on us. And Peter says, you better believe we are. You slew him and hung him on a tree. I know the Romans, they had to get the Romans involved to carry out their plot, but it was the Jews that did it. And they did it gladly. Notice he, he made that statement, the God of our fathers, meaning the same God that this council claims that they're serving and worshiping and teaching about. The same God, our God, the God of our fathers, the same ones. And so it isn't some foreign God or the gods of Rome or Greek gods. It's the same God that these Jewish council says that they, they believe in. And so he tells them that their God raised up Jesus from the dead, and they're the ones that's responsible for putting him to death. And so if you look at this for what it really says, Peter is charging this council with first-degree murder. Premeditated murder is what he's, he's telling them. <laughs> that's pretty powerful. Verse 31, he goes on to say, Him has God exalted with his right hand to be a prince, and a Savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. So not only did they murder Jesus, but they murdered their Messiah. The one that's been promised them. That's why I use the word prince right there. Because the Jews knew that God was sending a prince. The prince was the Messiah. It's been told all throughout the, the scriptures. Isaiah 9 and 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. That's what the Messiah was coming for, was to bring peace. The prophet Daniel, Daniel 9 and 25. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the Prince shall be seven weeks and three score and two weeks. And the street shall be built again and the wall even in... Troublous times. So for Peter to use that title of a prince right here, and he also calls him Savior, uh, it's very significant. This has a major impact on these religious leaders. But as we see in verse 33, as when we get there, made a big impact on them. Look at verse 32. Peter goes on, and we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost. Whom God has given to them that obey Him. Now listen, you talk about stirring up some trouble. This preacher right here is stirring up some trouble. He's not only accused them of murder. He's accused them of killing their own Messiah, the Prince, the, the Savior. Now he tells them that they're, uh, that they're not operating under the influence of the Holy Ghost. Like they are, of course. The Sadducees, you know, they, they, they had to completely go berserk when, when that was mentioned about the Holy Ghost. Because they, they don't believe in that. Uh, uh, and it's obvious that that is who is working through these men, all these miracles that, that they're able to do and, and the, the strong preaching and the boldness and, and everything. The way they're able to even speak, these uneducated men, the Bible called them, able to speak like they were. It's because the Holy Ghost uh, did it through them. Uh, I don't think these, these men would have been, been able to stand up and speak like this without the Holy Ghost. Uh, I know one thing. I can't get up and preach without the Holy Ghost. Every time I've ever tried it, I fell miserably. 
And uh, I'll tell you what, you need the Holy Ghost with you. You're going to preach. And when he starts preaching through you and, and uh, for you, it, it makes a big difference. Uh, over in Matthew chapter 10, verses 16 through 20, listen to what Jesus said. He said, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be you therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils. Hmm. And they will scourge you in their synagogues. And you shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake. For a testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what you shall speak. For it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak. For it is not ye to speak, but the spirit of your father which speaketh in you. So there, there it is. The Lord Jesus, before he even was uh, arrested, before he was beaten before he was crucified he told these guys he said one day you're going to stand before those councils and uh, they're going to do things to you but I want you to stand up and speak and it won't be you speaking I'll be speaking through through the Holy Ghost the spirit of your father speaketh in you and so that's how these men are able to stand before this religious council and uh, they knew they were going to have to have the, the power of the Holy Ghost to help them and look at verse 33 when they heard that, so when the council heard that, what Peter just told them and the apostles, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. Oh, my goodness. Can you not see the difference here? Do you remember when Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and preached and over 3,000 were saved? When the Bible says that they were pricked in their heart, you remember what they did? What must we do? What must we do? Peter told him, you got to repent. Be baptized. And that's what they did, but not these guys. When these guys get cut to the hearts, pricked in their heart because of what's happened, they take counsel to slay these guys. It brings up murder in their heart. Not repentance. Murder. So the ugly side pops up again in this religious council. Just like we've seen throughout the Bible, when religious people get under conviction, instead of repenting of their sins, they strike out in anger. They become violent. What these men should have done is exactly what those men did in Acts chapter 2 when Peter preached on that day. I want to read that to you just so we have it in our minds of the difference here. Acts 2 and 22, Peter's preaching. He says, you men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. All right. So Peter tells them about the same thing he tells the council that they did. So same, same message. And then further down in verse 37 of Acts chapter 2. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves 
from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Do you see that? They gladly received his word. When they came under conviction, when their hearts were pricked, they gladly received it. Men and brethren, what? What shall we do? How can we rectify this? What do what we got to do to save ourselves from this? Peter tells them the truth, what they need to do, and that's what they did. They repented of their sin. They turned to Jesus for salvation. But this religious council, the same message preached, Peter tells them they killed Jesus and, and all this. Instead of repenting and getting saved, they rebel and become violent, and they want to commit murder and even more sin. Look, that's the way of the world today. The way of the world is not to, to be gentle uh, and uh, receive the message gladly. You know, we, we used to go and knock on doors all the time. We'd go on a Saturday and we'd spend hours going up and down the, the, uh, the neighborhood. We, we covered with probably a five-mile radius of the church, every house, several times. We'd knock on doors and we'd hand Bible tracts. And the whole time you're doing it, you're, you're hoping that somebody's going to be accepting of it. You know, you're going to come to a door and knock on it, and somebody's going to be glad to hear the gospel, you know, and they're going to get saved right there on the doorstep, you know, and you're going to get to go back to church and rejoice and tell everybody about it. Rarely ever, ever. Most of the time we had anger. We had doors slammed. We had people telling us, don't come here. We had one woman sitting on the porch was ready to put her dogs on us, you know, they come out growling and barking and everything. She goes, you better not come up here. You know, all we do is bring the Bible track and her to church. She, she enjoyed getting that dog out there to see us, you know, panic. But uh, we had one woman stood inside the door. There's a glass a storm door. And boy, she was just going at it. She, don't you come in here. I don't want any of that. You know, going on and on. And so, look, <laughs> that's the way of the world. They don't want to hear about Jesus. They're not sitting out there waiting for you to come and knock on their door. Uh, they're not uh, looking for somebody to come up and witness to them. That's not how it works. They're not. It's just not happening. And uh, it can be very frustrating. It can be very disheartening. But the fact is, all we have to do is present the gospel. It is not our place to place anybody under conviction. We can't save one single soul. God does it through the working of the Holy Spirit. If we can simply get a Bible track in somebody's hand, put it on the door, if they will look at it and read it, and the Lord can convict them by reading the words of His Word, the Scripture, and seeing that they need to be saved, He can do all that work. Uh, so, uh, but this religious council, they're just a, an example of, of the way it is today. Uh, when they're presented with Jesus and they hear the truth being preached, Instead of repentance, they get mad and lash out. And, uh, we're going to stop right there. Uh, there is one level-headed guy that's there. Paul's uh, teacher is there. And we'll look at that next time. Lord, All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, we come to you tonight. Lord, thank you for the message. Lord, I pray that it's been helpful. God, th uh, thank you for giving us the truth of your word. Lord, help us to be able to reach the world. God, and may we always remember that it's, it's we're working through the Holy Spirit, God. It's not us. You didn't send us out there by ourselves to, to face the world of cruelty. 
but God, that you'll be with us everywhere we go. And Lord, we uh, we pray for all those names that's been mentioned tonight. Lord, those uh, that need prayer, we just pray for them this week. God, help us keep them in our minds. And Lord, we're praying for the church. Lord, uh, praying for the next time we get together. And uh, pray that you watch over all these that's here tonight on their way home. Keep them safe, God. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.